Starting pitching options are finally starting to come off the board on today's Mailbag Podcast. I'll answer the question, who is the best option out there remaining for the Atlanta Braves? And I'll answer several other questions on this Mailbag episode of Locked On Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked On Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at Locked On underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. Thank you so much to all those who submitted questions for today's mailbag podcast that you got from Locked On underscore Braves. Thank you so much for submitting those questions there. Try to answer all of them on today's podcast, but we got nearly 30 to get through. If you're new on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We're approaching 8,400 subscribers on YouTube. We're trying to get a 10K by opening day. Let's see if we can do it. You can help me get there by hitting that thumbs up button as well as that helps show the, the show to other people and let them know about the podcast. So thank you so much for all of that. Thanks for being an everyday or here at Locked On Braves. Thanks to those who have joined live. I do a lot of these podcasts live during the offseason. Right now, we got Ed C., Jeffrey Humphreys, Braves, N01, uh, Stephen Leland, AG7, Hayden Harris, Chris P., Ecuadorman, touch them all in here live as well. Corey Carter, thank you so much for joining us here live. And I'm sure we'll have more joining throughout the night as we record here on Friday night. Again, it's a mailbag episode. Got a lot of questions to get to, almost 30 questions to answer. So I'm going to try to move through these pretty fast so I can get to all of them. I may have to start doing two of these a week. I thought you all would run out of questions, but they just continue to get submitted here. So if you want me to do two of these a week, let me know down in the comment section below. And maybe we'll do two mailbags a week. Maybe we'll do one for live more for live viewers and one for those on social media submitting questions. Before we get into all that, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Let's start today with another trade that the Braves made here. And joking before we got on, if Alex Anthopoulos hasn't traded you yet. Well, be careful because you might be on your way out. Uh, he is doing a lot of willing and dealing here on the margins this offseason. Steven said that he traded him. So we'll see you later, Steven. Nice knowing you. But Matt Carpenter, Ray Kerr, come over from the Padres for Drew Campbell in a small deal that the Braves conducted on a Friday night or finalized. Rather, the Padres send 100 or $1.5 million in the deal to help cover the $5.5 million that Carpenter is owed. So essentially, this move seems like the Braves are buying Raker, a left-handed reliever. You got to think here, and we talked about this on social media, some of those who replied to the message I posted there, A.J. Minter could be gone after this year. Tyler Matzik could be gone after this year. So the Braves have brought in some lefties this offseason, perhaps to prepare for that perhaps to prepare for a team that's knocked them out of the postseason in the last two years that has some really tough lefties at the top of their order. Could be another reason 
for why they're bringing in all these lefties. Kerr, in 27 innings pitched last year, had a 4.33 ERA, a 1.26 whip with a 30% strikeout rate. It's an upper 90s fastball that averages 96. Another point of emphasis this offseason seems to be to get bullpen arms with more velocity, which we've talked about on here. I know a lot of you have been asking for, so that certainly seems to be what Alex Anthopoulos is looking for in acquiring some of these relievers. He faced 36 left-handed batters last year, allowed just five hits, and gave up three walks with 15 strikeouts. So really impressive stuff there from Kerr. He has a minor league option left, which is also just huge. You can send him back down to AAA if you need to. Braves could potentially control him for six years through arbitration, even though he's already 29. So again, not a huge deal here. Not going to spend a ton of time on it. But it seems like this was a situation where Padres still trying to save a little bit of money, even after moving Soto. They get out from under a Matt Carpenter here. Braves take on that money, potentially either try to flip him if they can. I don't really know what Carpenter's value is at this point. He's 10 under 193 of the past four seasons, so I don't think he has a ton of value right now as a 38-year-old DH utility man that can play in the corners. Very possible the Braves end up just cutting him, but either way, Braves buying Kerr in this deal by taking on the money for Carpenter. They give up Drew Campbell, 26-year-old outfield prospect who's yet to play above double-A. Best-case scenario for him, he's likely a fourth outfielder. So, again, not a huge deal here. Don't want to take up too much time because we got a lot of questions to get to. And I want to start with a question from Bailey Hudgens, who says, given the movement in the starting pitching market the past couple of days, who are the five best fits for the Braves in free agency or trade that are still available as of now? So when you're talking about trade, you got to talk about guys we know could be moved, like Cease Burns out there. Glass now has already been moved. Shane Bieber as well. I would rank them like this. Yamamoto is still the number one option for me that makes the most sense based on his age. I don't think it's likely. I think he's getting close to a $300 million contract, and I don't think the Braves are going to play in that market. I put Cease number two. I have him over Burns, who is number three, simply because Cease has an extra year of control. And if I'm going to give up either A.J. Smith-Shaver or Hurston Waldrop, who you likely have to give up for either one of those guys, I would at least rather get the guy in Cease, who has an extra year of control. I think Burns is a better pitcher right now for sure, but it's just so risky to give up the talent you're going to have to give up for Cor Corbin Burns for just one year. That's very, very risky. Fourth on the list is the guy we talked about yesterday, Jordan Montgomery. I think he makes a lot of sense as a mid-rotation kind of glue guy who you feel pretty confident is going to give you 150-plus innings. He, as we saw this past postseason, can be really solid in the postseason and help you win games, but your offense still has to hit. And then I got Blake Snell fifth. I don't love the durability of Blake Snell, but when he's thrown more than 130 innings in a season, he's won a Cy Young. So it's kind of similar to the Glass now situation. When he's been healthy and been on the field, Blake Snell's been really, really good. So that's how I would rank it right now for the starting pitching that we know to be available. Yamamoto, Cease, Burns, Montgomery, and Snell. Great question there from Bailey. Uh, jump into some of the other questions here again. Try to move pretty quickly through a lot of these. Joey Milby says, if we don't add any more starting pitching, who do you see starting off the season in the fifth spot? Assuming everybody stays healthy, Freed, Strider, Morton, Elder. And I'm going to say that fifth spot goes to either Winans or Vines. And I'm going to give the nod to Darius Vines right now. 
If AJ Smith, Shaw, Hurston Waldrop comes into spring training and just dominates, then yeah, maybe they get a shot out of spring training. But you're asking me to guess right now, I'm going to say it's either Winans or Vines that gets that first opportunity in the fifth spot. Kaz Buckeyes, what are your thoughts on the idea that because the Braves have signed so many team-friendly deals, they should use that flexibility to make a splash in free agency, even if it's technically an overpay? First of all, Kaz Buckeyes, I'm disappointed in you. I know you're an everydayer. And how did you miss the episode where I said the Braves should go all in and now's the time to go in? Giving you a hard time there, Kaz Buckeyes. I know you're a great supporter of the podcast, but I did do a podcast saying that, that now is the time to make an overpay, to go all in on a free agent like Otani, obviously off the board and 700 million wasn't on my mind, or really Yamamoto because he is 25. You feel pretty more comfortable giving him an eight, 10 year contract, whatever it's going to be. So I think now is the time because you have all these team friendly deals that if you were to make, you know, a risky investment and you were to overpay in free agency, even if the back end of that deal is terrible for you, you still have these really good young players locked up. You're still going to be a contender. Even if you swing and miss big time in free agency, you're still going to be a contender with everything else you have on this roster. So I, I can see it both ways. I can understand why maybe you wouldn't want to go all in, but I think if ever there was a time to do so, it's now because you already have so many contracts locked out, especially on the position player side. So again, if you were going to do it, seems like it's a great time to do it on the pitcher side of things. Next one from Cass Buckeyes. Zips has Ronald surpassing 600-600 in his career. If he remains a brave, does he surpass Chipper in Atlanta's Pantheon? Could he challenge Hank? I don't think I don't ask the latter lightly. I have Hank as a top three player of all time. You know, it, it depends on how obviously he ages with the speed. Um, you know, if that takes a tick or two back, and he obviously has to remain a brave, but I mean, Ronald's the greatest player. I've ever seen in a Braves uniform just because of what he can do in all facets of the game. I think he's the the best player I've seen play. Now, to get into that pantheon of Braves all-time greats, he is going to have to be a Brave for most of his career, and he's going to have to continue the pace that he's on and stay healthy. But I think he certainly has the opportunity to win another MVP, hopefully win another World Series with the Braves. And if he does that, and again, plays the rest of his career with the Braves, which I don't think happens. Uh, I think he certainly will be up there. Another one from Cass Buckeyes. It seems likely Nashville will get an expansion franchise. How would the Braves losing their monopoly on the South impact the franchise, if at all? Is there even room for a second Southern MLB team, given how ambiguous the Braves are down here? It's a great question. And I think Nashville is prime to get a team, but I do worry as a Braves fan if that you know takes out a lot of Braves country. Does that take out? Northern Alabama does that I would assume take out you know a lot of Tennessee um you know I think the Carolinas would still be true to the Braves and obviously you know Georgia and probably more most of North Florida there I still think Braves country would be pretty large but it would take a chunk out of Braves country for sure and I think the Braves would fight against the team going to Nashville honestly and last one from Cass Buckeyes how much would it take to get both Freddie Peralta and Willie Adamas how much would you give up Look, any trade, in my mind, for any type of talent, like a Freddie Peralta, Corbin Burns, Dylan Cease, possibly even a Shane Beaver, I think it's going to cost you A.J. Smith-Shaw or Hurston Waldrop. If I'm, the, if I'm the Brewers and I'm looking at the Braves system, I'm saying I don't do any deal with you unless one of those two guys is included. Freddie Peralta is on a very team-friendly 
contract. I think he's making like $8 million a year the next couple of seasons. It would have to cost one of those two. I I don't know that I'd give up one of those two. I, I probably I would for Freddie Peralta because it is team friendly. It's not going to kill you financially. And I think he is a proven, you know, number two type of pitcher. Um, and Willie Adamas, he's on a, a contract year. I, I don't even know that that's necessarily needed. I do like Willie Adamas, but I, I don't I don't necessarily think that's needed in the, the the deal. But I'd give up. I'd likely give up one of those with two years of control. I believe is what Freddie Peralta has left. All right, a lot more questions to get to from social media. I'll answer all of those questions here next. Get in on all the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. You're trying to get some of that money for some last-minute Christmas shopping. You can head on over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, place your money line bet, and get $150. You've been thinking about joining. Like I said, now is the best time to do so. You got NFL season coming to an end. You got the college bowl season starting up, NBA, NHL going on right now. So now is the perfect time to get involved. The app is so easy to use for FanDuel. They have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And now they have futures bets out for Major League Baseball. Acuna is the NL MVP favorite at, at plus 500. Spencer Strider is the NL Cy Young favorite at the same number with Zach Wheeler behind, the closest behind him at plus 750. Your team, your favorite team, the Atlanta Braves, are about to go into the season with the MVP favorite and the Cy Young favorite. Enjoy this time with this team. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn where you can place those bets and get in on all the action. Also, please make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash PlaySafe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. want to remind you again that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. And jump back into these questions. Still got a lot more to answer here. Apologize, I'm not getting to your questions and comments of those who are live in the chat. Thank you so much for being here. Of over 150 live viewers. If I, you got a question, I don't get to it. Please put it in the comment section below down on YouTube. I see Gregory Francis, Ecuadorman, Julie C. Um, Nicholas in here as well. Thank you so much for joining here live, posting your comments, keeping the discussion going. Nathan Cates, Battle for Truth, Peter D'Amico, uh, Trip Bishop in here. Thank you so much for joining live. Baltimore Brace fan says Fangraph's Zips projections article suggested that Ignacio Alvarez may be called up at some point this season in case Arceus struggles or gets hurt. What do you think the chances are he makes his debut this year and what would he have to improve in the minors before coming up? Great question. I actually just retweeted an article from MILB.com. Um, I believe it was. Uh, they gave the organizational all-stars for each position in the Brave system, and they had Ignacio Alvarez at shortstop. And in that, they spoke very highly of his defense, which if you remember, when I did my breakdown of him on our Miners Monday this offseason, I told you I wasn't very impressed with the defense. I think he's average at best defensively at shortstop in my viewing. But again, the people who watch him every day, they were very 
um, impressed with his defense at shortstop. If that is true, and again, I watched a handful of games, saw him make a handful of plays, and I'm making my judgments off of. If that's true, I think he can move pretty quickly. The only thing he really has left to show with the bat is power. Need to see a little bit more power out of him. I think right now it's probably 10 to 15 home run power, but somebody that could hit, you know, 265, 270 with a 330, 320 on base percentage, you know, be a fine player. He's not going to be an all star by any means. I think the chances of him making his debut this year are highly, highly unlikely. They didn't even push him up to double A this past year, which tells you in my mind that they still think there's some things they want to see from him. Now, double A, you may have wanted to avoid this last year because they were messing with the baseballs, testing with the, some t- uh, sticky substance on it in the first half. Maybe that was part of it, but it was a little telling to me that they didn't at least push him up to double A. And he struggled in the second half, missed some time too with an injury. Uh, but it was it was a little telling to me that they didn't push him a little aggressively this past year, which in my mind means they still believe he has some things to work on. He's not as close to debuting as maybe Fangraphs predicts. Bellfire says probably the minority here, but I am I I am more encouraged with our prospects that a hasn't taken a shot on than starters available. If healthy, I really like our postseason odds with Freed, Strider, Morton, and a combo of A.J. Smith-Shauver, Bryce Elder, and Hurston Waldrop with a loaded pin. Am I crazy for thinking this? You are not crazy. And look, I've been saying it for a while. This season, if all is healthy, the Braves' front of the rotation is perfectly fine. A lot of what we're talking about this offseason is looking forward because next year you lose Freed, most likely. You're losing Charlie Morton, most likely. Those are some big holes to fill. So when you're talking about this offseason, getting frontline starting pitching, it's for now and the future. I wrote an article over on bravestoday.com. Go check that out where I, I talk about this subject in detail and just a tough choice that you have to make in if you trade for a Dylan Cease and you give up an A.J. Smith-Shaver or Hurston Waldrop, and then in two years Dylan Cease walks because you can't get him extended for whatever reason, Boris client just doesn't want to, then you're stuck again in the same situation. Or do you hold on to A.J. Smith-Shauver now and Hurston Waldrop and hope that one of those guys grows into that number two behind Spencer Strider in your rotation? I'm with you. I think there's certainly a a case to be made for that. And I think there's a case to be made that the Braves just go into 2024 with what they have, see how those young guys develop, and then you need to make a trade of the deadline you can or Like I said, it's really after 2024 where you need to address that top of the rotation. Leland Hurt says, Jake, do you think the Braves will attempt to sign Max since Dodgers have acquired Otani in glass now, especially if they get Yamamoto too? I mean, I got to think at some point they have to stop spending, right? And that takes them out of, you know, the possibility of signing Max Freed next offseason. And that's where a lot of people think Max Freed will go. There's obviously going to be other suitors, but. Yeah, the Dodgers keep making all these moves. <laughs> I know they somewhat have unlimited money over there, but I got to think it hurts their chances of, of getting Max Freed next offseason. I, I hope that's the case. Um, Ecuadorban, can you trade Carpenter and Grissom for a pitcher? If so, in your opinion, what pitcher? No, I don't, I don't think Grissom. I mean, maybe for a back-end starter, you're not getting a front-end starter for Grissom and Certainly not Grissom and Carpenter is not going to do it. Ryan Hall says, Jake, what role do you see in Noah possibly having this year coming off injury? I see him as possibly a late-inning guy with his stuff. I've always viewed Noah as a multi-inning reliever. I think they probably ease him into the season. 
I think there's a possibility that maybe use a piggyback with Enoa and Ronaldo Lopez early in the year, give each of those guys three innings and then see where things go from there. But I've always seen Enoa as more of a, a bullpen, multi-inning reliever type of guy. Brent Wontanabe says, should Forrest Wall be the top backup outfielder for the Braves? No, he shouldn't. Do I like Forrest Wall on the bench? Fine. Yes. Really good season at AAA last year. Maybe he deserves an opportunity, but I think the Braves will find another backup outfielder for the bench. JDK says, who's an under-the-radar arm AA could trade for? No one saw Kellnick coming. Is there a pitcher equivalent? I'm sure there is, but that's why they're under the radar, and that's why I don't know. I can't give you anything, but I'm sure Alex Andopoulos is looking for that move out there that nobody else is looking at. Maybe that's why he's gathering up all these prospects, players to be named later. I don't know, um, but again, I'm sure he is turning over every possible stone out there, but they're under the radar for a reason because nobody else is talking about them. Jordan Griffey asks, how would you feel if the Braves signed Julio Tehran to a split contract? Um, I, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, he had some good moments for the Brewers last year. I'm kind of at the point now, if you're not going to get that top of the rotation arm, you're not going to get Yamamoto, Yamamoto you're not going to get Montgomery, you're not going to get Cease, Snell, Burns. Go take a shot on Julio Tehran. I've, I've seen others talk about James Paxton or Corey Kluber. Take a shot on some of these guys. Give them a one-year deal, you know, for less than eight million, and maybe sign a couple of those guys to give you some depth. So I don't, I certainly don't hate that, especially not on a split contract. Uh, Jordan also says Joe Jimenez was solid last year, but JHM looked pretty good in AAA last year. Who do you think will ultimately win that trade? It's hard to say. And now that the Braves have re-signed Jimenez, do you include that in the value of the trade? I I was never high on Justin Henry Malloy. I don't think he can play in the field, and I think he's a DH. I think he's a DH that has a good on base and not a lot of power. So I think the Braves probably ultimately win that trade, even though I was the one that sat here and said when the trade happened, I thought they gave up too much for one year of Jimenez. But again, if you include the value of you know, the extension of Jimenez and assuming he pitches like he did this past year, I think the Braves could end up winning that trade. Leland Hurt says, as a Braves fan, I'm becoming frustrated by the lack of moves to get a quality starting pitcher. Are we going to sit on the sidelines while other teams are making moves? I know we have a good team now, but in my opinion, we need another starting pitcher. Any updates on how Grissom is performing? Um, <laughs> so Grissom hasn't been hitting very well, but he's been playing in third, playing outfield. I don't really care what the bat looks like. Um, just want to see him getting some more reps. He's been playing a lot of third base and left field right now so far from what I have seen. I wouldn't worry too much about other teams making moves. I think I said this in a podcast earlier this week. Other teams are trying to catch up to the Braves, Dodgers included. They're making moves to catch up with where the Braves are. JDK says, give me Jake's take. Cease for prospects or Montgomery for cash. If you're not extending Cease, then I give up cash for Montgomery. If you can extend Cease, I'm giving up prospects for Dylan Cease. Kristen says, you may have discussed this already and I missed it, but where would you put Kelnick in the lineup? Seventh. Um, I'd probably bat him seventh, somewhere in the bottom third, um, but I'd probably bat him seventh, especially if you're batting Michael Harris ninth, then you put him seventh, Arcia in between there. That's the most likely spot for him right now. All right, got several more questions that I want to get to. I'll answer those here next.
One more time, I want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Jumping back into the questions here, Ballistic says, do you think we're already starting to look at 2024 trade deadline and 2024 free agency to replace Morton Freed? As a Braves fan, it feels like viable options are running out. They are. There are still some very good ones out there. Like I mentioned, Yamamoto is still there, even though I think it's unlikely. The trade possibilities of Cease, I think that there's still some fire there that could happen. White Sox are going to have to come down on what they're asking price a little bit. Jordan Montgomery, still there. Blake Snell. There, there are some viable options, but I talked earlier, and again, the article I wrote on Braves today, I think there's a very legitimate case to be made for going into the season with what you have, seeing how Waskari Noah you know, develops, seeing how Ian Anderson comes back, seeing how A.J. Smith-Shawver and Hurston Waldrop continue to develop, and suddenly you know, two of those guys hit, and you feel pretty good about them and being part of your rotation in the future. And maybe you don't worry too much about losing Freed and Morton. Not that you can necessarily rep- replace Max Freed, but again, if you feel you know two of those guys hit and Bryce Elder looks more like first half Bryce Elder, then suddenly I think you feel a little bit better about the future of the starting rotation. Moves will still have to be made to replace those guys in the depth, but I think I think there's a case to be made for waiting things out right now if the right deal doesn't come up. Adam W., why did the Braves just make the trade they made, and why didn't we just keep Nick Anderson? Uh, uh, Nick Anderson's a righty. Kerr, who they just got as a lefty. I think there's an emphasis on getting more higher-velocity guys. Nick Anderson's velocity has been backing off a little bit. Obviously, he's had some huge injury concerns. So I think that's why they got rid of Nick Anderson. And I think Kerr, because of lefties, and as I mentioned, the lefty options the Braves could be losing, I think that's why they made that deal. Sergeant Giddyup Crothers says, do you think Riley will have a breakout year and become more consistent at the plate? Probably already answered, but how long do you wait to update and extend Ronald? Does AA get that done, if at all? So had a podcast this past week talking about extending Ron Acuna Jr. and the pros and cons of doing that. I do not think AA gets that done anytime soon. I don't think there's really a reason to do that anytime soon. And I honestly just don't think that it happens. I think Ronald's going to take his shot on free agency is one opportunity, you know, going to, into his age 31 season, assuming the Braves pick up the two option years. So I don't think it happens, but I also don't think now's the, the time to do it. You do that. I mean, there's still five years of control left. You do it now. And he hurts that ACL again or has another major injury. There's just no reason to do it right now, in my opinion. As as far as Riley goes, I hope so. I mean, he's been an MVP candidate in the past three years, but it just feels like there's more in the tank, and it really just is that consistency. And it's something he talked about going into last year. He knows he needs to be more consistent. He wants to be more consistent, but we still haven't seen that. And if we get a consistent Austin Riley in 2024, I think he's right up there and has another you know MVP type of season. Uh, John says, with the Dodgers and other contenders upgrading, does this or should this create a sense of urgency for AA to fill the Braves holes? No. As I said a minute ago, all of these teams are trying to catch up with where the Braves are. So, no, it should not create a sense of urgency. William Braves, no question, but I'm 100% sure Cease is a Brave. Uh, Other than that, what else do they do? 
I know you don't know, but I have a close friend with some people that says Cease is a Brave. Um, I hope that's true. Would love to see Dylan Cease come over. Obviously, want to know what the package is. And like I said, if the Braves can extend him, um, if they do that, I mean, I feel fine about the Braves, not just their chances 2024, but possibly replacing Freed with Cease going forward. JDK says, could Ian Anderson be a sneaky trade asset or sweetener coming off the injury and struggled prior, but he's still young and has some pedigree? I think he could be a sweetener. You look at Kyle Wright, a guy that just won 21 games not too long ago, and the Braves traded him for Jackson Kowar. So maybe tells you a little bit about the value of injured pitchers, especially one in Ian Anderson. Now, he does have, like you said, several years of control. I think he'd be a sweetener. Uh, I think and there certainly could be some interest for teams in getting him and seeing if they can get him back to that middle, mid, top of the rotation type of arm that he had looked like for a time. Um, so, yeah, I think there certainly would be some interest in some team trading for Ian Anderson. We got four more here. We'll see if we can get to them. Uh, Caleb Hudgens says, I think the Braves' top trade piece for a frontline starter should be Bryce Elder and Von Grissom. Do you think these two could be the centerpiece in a package for Dylan Cease or Framber Valdez? No, I don't think that's enough. I don't think you get Cease or even Framber unless you're giving up uh, A.J. Smith-Shaw or Hurston Waldrop. James Galloway, who of the younger pitchers in the Braves' system do you see having the biggest impact on 2024 Braves? Will we have another Bryce Elder-like situation where we bring up a young guy and he's good enough to stick in the majors? I would have to say A.J. Smith-Shawver just because he's already gotten that cup of coffee. I do think Waldrop is probably a little bit more polished, honestly. Both have the same issue, and it's just command. But I feel like Waldrop at least has better command of a plus-plus pitch in that splitter. So if he comes on strong in spring training, maybe even starts the year strong in AAA if he's sent there, I think Waldrop could have end up having a bigger impact. Election guru, Jake, in a world where, where you're a free agent and all 30 teams are willing to pay your price, what city are you moving to? Great question here. Of course, I'm going to say Atlanta, but if not Atlanta, I'm going to San Diego. Perfect weather all year round. Beautiful place. I'm going to San Diego. Another question from John says, we've seen in the postseason the last couple of years a lack of true leadership and a player to fire up the clubhouse. You mentioned the likes of Jock and others, but at this point in the offseason, who's left on the board that you would see fitting into that role? How about Jock Peterson? He's still on the board. Uh, you know, Maybe we overemphasize that a little bit too much after that Phillies-Brave series. The Phillies went on to lose <laughs> to the Diamondbacks the next round, but you know, Jack Peterson is available and you know would be a solid left-handed bench bat, and you could have an insurance if Ozuna takes a step back in that DH role. Um, so he is still out there, um, but I don't, I don't think it's probably as necessary or as much needed as maybe we kind of overreacted to after that Phillies series. All right, that's all the questions we got on social media. Again, we have a lot of questions being submitted. If you want me to do two of these a week, I certainly can do that. Just let me know down in the comment section below. A couple more here from the comment section. AGC, AG7 says, who has more value in a trade, Ian or Elder? It's a great question. I'd probably say Elder just because we've seen him healthy more recently and he was an all-star last year. I'd probably say Bryce Elder. Corey Carter asked, we have had a lack of leadership have we had a lack of leadership recently? Not leadership. Ozzie Albies, Travis Darno, Charlie Morton, three of the best leaders in the clubhouse, and I think they're all great leaders. More so, it's just that guy to get them fired up. You know, who's going to wear the pearls? Who's going to talk trash? We just don't have a lot of that on this Braves team. But leadership, I think it's there. It's more just kind of that spark of energy. 
Evan Connor says, do you think Waldrop starts in double A or triple A to start the year? I think he starts in triple A. There's a case they made to send him back to double A. They really just gave him the start in triple A because that was the only league playing at the end of the season. Double A had ended, so they wanted to get another start out of him. So moved him to triple A. But I think he goes back to triple A. May depend on what he looks like in spring training as well. Joseph recap. Do you think the Braves will have Carpenter flip before Christmas in another trade? Yeah, I'll take that bet. I think he's probably gone, either cut or traded. I think he is gone by the end of the year. Gary Gibson, can we please trade for Cease? Uh, Certainly would like that. Again, if you do, I would like to see an extension happen, which might not be as likely with who his his agent is, but I would certainly love to see that happen. That'd be a great Christmas gift for the Atlanta Braves and for Braves fans. That will do it for this episode of Locked On Braves. Thanks so much for joining live, for watching the replay, for your support of Locked On Braves. Make sure you follow us on social media at Locked On underscore Braves. Follow me at Shortstop Ball. Also, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the Locked On Braves podcast wherever you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button as it does help support the show. Hope you all have a great weekend. Unless there's some breaking news, talk to you again on Monday with our Miners Monday segment. Till then. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked On Yankees. Locked On Mariners. Locked On Mets. Locked On Angels. And you're listening to Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Locked On Braves. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 